You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. everyone. Welcome to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller-Young. Thank you for joining us. Pet fashion is exploding in popularity. $55.72 billion were spent on pets in 2013, and that figure is only growing. Pet fashion design is definitely a part of that, and it's been getting more and more savvy with a handful of top designers leading the way. On Bark and Swagger, my new radio show on Pet Life Radio, I want you to know what we're going to be exploring here. We're going to be highlighting interesting fashion trends, designers who are leading the way, and also ones who are a bit under the radar, and fashionistas in the field who are taking those designers' creations and strutting them on the runways in New York and L.A. and beyond. One of the things that my first guest today, who I'll tell you about in a moment, is doing and why I wanted her to be my first guest is she is raising the bar on pet fashion as a viable thing to be a companion to human couture fashion. And she's doing it in such a fantastic way in so many different areas that I wanted her to share with you everything that she's doing. Her name is Ada Nieves, and she is the co-chair and creative director of the New York Pet Fashion Show. Now, if you don't know what the New York Pet Fashion Show is, in the 10 years since it started, it's become the go-to pet fashion show of the year. It happens every February to kick off Westminster and also to kick off New York Fashion Week for humans. So it's in a spot where everybody is thinking fashion. And people literally come from all over the country and sometimes from various places around the world with their pets dressed to the nines to either participate in the four runway shows or to be a spectator of this extravaganza. Ada, who's been there since day one and has created this, is seeing firsthand the newest things that are being created in pet fashion. So I wanted her to come today and talk to us about that. Talk to us about where pet fashion kind of got going, because it wasn't really that long ago that it did get going as we know it. And to tell us about all the interesting things that she's doing. So stay tuned, get ready to hear some really fun stuff about pet fashion, and we'll be right back after a commercial message. We'll be right back after a short pause. You love your dog and you want to spend as much time with him as you can. But in your car can be distracting and dangerous for you both. You want what's best for your dog and now you can give it to him. Pup Saver is the simple, secure solution for car safety. And now Pup Saver has optional seatbelt straps. Just move the passenger seat all the way back, pull the seatbelt out until it clicks or stops, then use the provided clip to lock the seatbelt at the retraction point. Attach Pup Saver's seatbelt safety straps and release the slack until just snug around the top. Then reclip at the seatbelt retraction point. Then latch the tether, which you've adjusted to the length of your dog's front legs, onto his harness or collar, and you're done! Your dog is comfy, secure against roaming, and still near enough to pet. In a sudden stop or impact, the Pup Saver will protect your dog from the dashboard and windshield by enveloping him like a catcher's mitt and staying securely on the seat. Secure, safe, simple Pup Saver. For more information, go to PupSaver.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. With us now is the wonderful Ada Nieves, the co-chair and creative director of the New York Pet Fashion Show and so much more. How are you, Ada? I'm great. I'm so honored and, and I'm happy to be here with you guys. We're happy to have you. I was telling my listeners that you are the perfect first guest for the Bark and Swagger radio show because you are one of the first to have come out of this sort of new school of pet fashion. And you do so much, whether it's around New York Pet Fashion Show or other things, the many other things that you do, which we'll talk about today, to raise the bar on pet fashion, that you're a perfect person to sort of give everybody a context of where pet fashion is and where it's going. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so honored. I'm very flattered. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. So as I said, you were pretty much involved. You were one of the early ones. Tell us how you got involved in pet fashion. Wow, my beginnings go back to around 2001 or 2002 when I acquired a Chihuahua and she was so tiny that I couldn't find anything to dress her up. And, and I, and like everybody else, I started, you know, playing with socks, making holes on little, you know, socks and put it in the dog or playing with baby t-shirts and things like that. But none of them reflected my style or what, how I wanted my pet to look like. So, you know, um, um my family, you know, is a long line of seamstress and tailors. So I had a little bit of an idea on how to cut fabric and do a little sewing. And I started making dresses for my dogs. And um, in 2005, a photographer, uh, John Chappell, asked me if I could do, you know, the Oscars gowns. And as I watched them, all I saw was vanilla on these fabulous gowns, Penelope Cruz, Kate Winslet, and all of the actresses that blow my mind away with the quality of design that, that they had. And I decided to try that on Vanilla. And later on, behold, we have a photo shoot with her and her own little Oscars. And it went, you know, it ended up in the first page of the New York Post and it went viral around the world. And people from all around started calling me, asking me how they could acquire those gowns and tuxedos for their own pets, for their own dogs at the time. Nobody even imagine dress up any animal, just dogs, and it was quite uh, innovative at the time. So, wow. um, and from there, you know, the business just took off. You know, I've seen some of those Oscar replicas that you've done, and, you know, everybody can go to the Pet Life Radio site, the Bark and Swagger page, and see one or two of the replicas as well, so you know what we're talking about, and they are phenomenal. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not the only kind of replicas that you've done. You've done a couple of other very interesting ones. Tell us about the MTV request. Well, I've, I've done a, a few a few shows, and therefore one of them is, is MTV, like you mentioned, and they wanted to do a reenactment of the VMAs. They asked me if I could recreate the outfits from all of the famous singers that they were going to get awards, and I said, "Sure, let's do it." And and then, but the interesting thing is that they didn't want to do it just with dogs. They also wanted to include cats, which I absolutely loved. So one of them, the Lady Gaga outfit, 
wish it turned out to be the most intricate probably because I wanted to make it as close to the real thing as possible. The infamous meat dress. <laughs> and then yeah, of tell course, people I had, about I, that. Tell people about that because not everybody knows about the famous meat dress. <laughs> well, yes. Well, the meat dress for Lady Gaga is very popular. The meat dress for the dog. I went to the supermarket checking on meat that I could use to make an outfit for a dog. And then I ended up using bacon that was easy to fold and to cut. And, you know, it was, it was more easier to work with. And it, and it was lightweight. It wasn't going to create too much weight on the animal because it was a little Maltese who so was going to wear it. And then I recreated the hat, the bag, the shoes, the, uh, the whole outfit, the whole thing. It took me a few days because it has to go through a process because meat can get rotten and spoiled. Um, you know, you don't want it to smell bad and you don't want it to be enticing to the animal to try to eat it either. Exactly. <laughs> How do you keep the doggy from eating the meat? <laughs> it, was, it was a challenge, but, you know, I, 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 I was able to make it. I'm very proud of it. Uh, that's one of my favorites. We did another scene where we had to recreate Madonna with uh, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, the very famous kiss between the three of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had to look for, I had to make the belt exactly as the one that Madonna used. And that took me a while to be able to do also. Cher, oh my God, I mean, I love Cher. I'm a big fan of her. So to be me able to, to create one of her leather jackets that are so popular, you know, her wearing, it was an incredible experience too. Uh, I mean, we, you, you can go on www.tv.com and see all of the reenactments that we did. It was so much fun and the animals did so well. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was it definitely a lot of fun. Been. Yeah, I mean, they are phenomenal, yeah. Ada. I mean, really phenomenal. For people who didn't happen to know about Lady Gaga's meat outfit, and most people do because it was so, so over the top and went so viral, her designer created an outfit head-to-toe completely made of raw meat right down to her purse Mm -hmm. and Ada did the same thing for a doggy and it was just beautiful and you can see it as well on the Pet Life Radio Mm -hmm. Bark and Swagger Mm -hmm. page. Let's talk New York Pet Fashion Show because that has become Uh, a mecca really (laughs) for over the top pet fashion and also for pushing the envelope of design. So tell us how that started. Well, I mean, that's our baby. You know, that's a collaboration between Greg Oller from Pet Media and myself and Richard Cordero. The three of us have uh, worked together for many years now, more than 10, on having this event that we, at the beginning, the whole idea was to bring attention to animal welfare. But I'm very much involved in fashion. That's something that I love doing. So I decided, you know, that I wanted to have a, a fashion, a pet fashion show in it. For the last 10 years, it's been just about dogs. And we have a theme. For the last three years, we have, we have a theme where people go dressed up and the animals go as dressed up as well as the humans. And they match. We have a contest. We bring as many pet fashion designers that are out there as possible to help 
grow the industry, to help uh, people to know about them. And because I'm a strong believer that an animal that is spoiled rotten is not going to end up in a shelter or abandoned or neglected. Right. That's a strong belief that I have. So right. to be able to, to have this event where I can invite other pet fashion designers where they the creativity of each individual that they bring to the table, what is their view on a topic or a theme or what they want to say through dressing up a dog. You know, I mean, there's so many ways to go around it. Plus, the smiles that you bring to the owners and the people because they see the dog is all dressed up and they're able to enjoy and share at that moment the passion that they have. And then we use this this show, you know, like I said, you know, it creates awareness and we bring a, a, a strong attention to animal welfare so people know that their animals, I mean, they can interact more with their animals than just having them as guardians or, or running around a house or in a backyard. They can do other things that can be fun and they can meet people and they can be active and they can make a difference probably also in the animal world. And all of that just because we dress up a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, this year, Ada, this year was a milestone year. It was a 10th anniversary. And while rescue is a really important part of the New York Pet Fashion show every year, you sort of raise the bar because, like you said, you do have a trend every year, or a theme rather, Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. year it Mm -hmm. was royal fashion, right? And so it was like royal fashion meets rescues. And tell us a little bit about that. You celebrated Marie Antoinette. Why her? Well, Marie Antoinette was ahead of her time. She was, first of all, she was a woman, you know, and she was ahead of her time. She was bringing technology and fashion to the French dynasty at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, you know, since we were celebrating it 10 years, and it, it's been me all, <laughs> all along, you know, doing this, why not bringing something that, again, is meaningful? to everyone and then what I love is that we integrated for the first time a runway of rescues into it and I chose 10 pet fashion designers and I gave them a gemstone because you know our rescues are gems (laughs) they're very special They're, they're gems I gave them each pet fashion designer had a gemstone that they could use in any way that they wanted they had complete freedom on creativity to do whatever they wanted with that gemstone, but, you know, dressing up that specific shelter group that each one was assigned. Um, The pieces that they brought to that specific runway, they were, I mean, incredible. Mm, The details, the details, the amount of work, the, again, you know, the imagination of each designer, what they view as for that theme using that specific rhinestone and all the, the details that I gave them. It was spectacular. So far, one of the best shows that we have had. It was uh, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, we the, have a few of these designers, I'm sorry, that, that are just incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. One that comes to mind, which will definitely feature on Bark and Swagger, is Rebecca B.C. of Chien Couture. And that royal gown oh, that she yes. made was yes. hers, the sapphire. Yes. That's the stone that she needed to create out of, you know, the color and the... Yes. Oh, my uh, God. We're going to put that up on the page, too, so you can see what I, and I are yes, talking about. I believe, Unbelievable. I believe Rebecca dressed up Millie LaRue in, in yes. a, this very unique and intricate uh, hand piece. She even 
make the fabric in a shape like in a basket shape. I mean, it, was, it blows your mind. <laughs> it is mind-blowing. It's, it's, it's really intricate. And um, But there were also really kind of technologically pushing the bar types of designs. And one of the pieces that you designed really stood out for me, and it was called the Lumiere. And Mm -hmm. explain to us how you did this. It's a system of LED lights. How did you do it? Well, that was a collaboration between another designer, Gladys Delgado Garcet, and myself. I created the outfit, a gown. We wanted to do something, again, pushing up the envelope on, and bringing technology to fashions. And, and you've seen everything that the ecology or green, green matter is bringing to, to human fashion and then bring it to dogs. Mm. Uh, not waiting 10 years to, to have it raised. But, so we decided to make a gown because it's a, you know, it's a gala function, so we prefer gowns on the dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I use a, a very intricate fabric, but what was most interesting is that Gladys is uh, an electro enthusiast, you can say, you know. And she, with the help of an uh, engineer, that at the time, I believe he, he worked at NASA and another software programmer, we were able to create a gown of the outfit, an electronic system, a computerized system more than, than anything, that has over close to 100 individual LED lights that can illuminate in different colors. We can program it to be in different colors, in different shape designs in the gown. We had the opportunity to show what we call the rain or the bubbly champagne, which is kind of a sparkly when it goes on the light. Wow. Um, it has a matrix that you adapt to the computer and then through a specific software that program did not develop and has, we're able to, like I said, change lights or make the outfit show shapes or different things in it. So it's a one of a kind. It also has the matrix on the color. And these type of dresses have been only made for people like Katy Perry or yeah. Bono in Europe. I mean, black IPs, you know, when you see their choreography and some of their shows, you can see those LEDs, that emissions and the programming that they use. So, but we were able to make the first one. And so far, the only one that, has, that I know with such an integrated computerized system, you know, that can do all of that. Wow. We actually had a couple of pieces in there, not only the Lumiere, but also the, you know, another coat that changed color. It was like a rainbow. It was beautiful. But the Lumiere, with the cost of the of making the whole outfit with the rhinestones and Ronnie Goldberg made a beautiful Swarovski crystal crown to match the, the gown. The whole ensemble was valued at $25,000. Wow. So, so wow, wow, you wow. can only do it. Yeah, you can only do it. With, imagine we were very lucky to have someone from NASA helping us on the schematics of that dress. <laughs> very interesting. Well, hold mm-hmm. the rest of that thought, Ada, because we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about all the different kinds of animals that you design for and what's coming up next for you. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. 
And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization. Here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> We're back. Welcome to Bark and Swagger. We're here with Ada Nieves, the co-chair and creative director of the New York Pet Fashion Show and a designer and pet fashion champion extraordinaire. How are you, Ada? Oh, I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) Glad to have you. So I want to talk with you now about all of the different and sometimes very unusual animals that you have designed for and are designing for. Tell me about the more unusual ones first. <laughs> <laughs> well, more unusual ones. Okay. I can probably shock you by saying that I dress up a pig, a rat, a snake, a fish, and I haven't finished there. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking for a bird to dress up. I have dressed an iguana, a bunny, the usual dogs, the cats. I mean, you put it in there in front of me, and if I can imagine it, I'm going to have that animal with something. <laughs> well, being a New Yorker, I'm really interested in the rat one, <laughs> because oh, we look yes, at rats yes, one yes. way in New York. Um, but tell us about being approached by the organizer of a big rat event, and why she approached you. Well, at that time, the rat, there's a girl who was a rat enthusiast, and 
she was explaining to me, you know, how she had to go to Pennsylvania or other states to go to rat shows because they do exist. Just like dog shows and cat shows, there are rat shows and any other pet that you can imagine. They all have shows by now. But she said, you know, one of her intentions was trying to bring that community to New York because we're such make of pet fashions and animal welfare issues and things that she wanted to do something to bring attention and to help uh, the other rat enthusiasts that are a little bit like under the table, let's say, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to bring them to light and have them, uh, you know, get together and to see that, you know, they had a place to to socialize for the moment. And then I said, you know, why don't we do a, a pet fashion show? Why don't we dress up the rats? Let me dress up your rat. She couldn't believe it. She thought I was joking, of course. And I said, no, 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 no. I want to dress up the rats. And just by dressing dressing them up, people are going to change the view of them. It's going to create a lot of attention that we can use, again, you know, as a tool to explain and, and to tell about rats, the misconceptions and all of that. But she loved the idea. I have to say I didn't expect the attention <laughs> that we received. <laughs> well, they looked for very me, cute. They looked very cute. Yeah, well, they for me, it was cute. just dressing another animal you know it was mm-hmm. for me it was just that trying to you know have fun open another market the possibilities of another market for not only for me but for other pet designers as well because it's all about that you know opening frontiers and going always to the next thing and and not uh, limiting ourselves on to whom we can create but you know the possibilities are endless it's as long as your imagination you know goes Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I got the rats and, and again, another challenging thing because, of course, her pet, these are pet rats. They have been bred to be pets. They're not the usual rats that you will find on the subways or on the street. Those are wild rats that I don't recommend anyone to go pick them up to dress them up. <laughs> right. No, I don't think really. that will be wise. <laughs> but these are pet rats, you know, and they're bred for temperament. That's uh, a big, one of the big issues on their breeding. And then, but these rats have never been dressed before. So it was a challenge to try to even get measurements on them. I was able, you know, with her help to get the neck, the chest, the body length, which are the, usually the three basics that you use to start on a pet fashion design. Right. And after that, you know, and started, I thought, you know, what theme? Because I like to use themes on all the events that I do. I guess that that's my young fun of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I look and say, what can be fun for little animals that can relate to it, that it could be kind of the ugly ducking coming and turning to the beautiful swan. I love that. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, and then, you know, fairies came to mind. What came to mind? Beautiful fairies, little fairies, the gnomes and the fairies that are in the forest. And, you know, I like, and they have the lights and all of that. Oh, okay. So I started, you know, making a lot of little dresses with a lot of tools. And it used Velcro to close it because it was the safest that the rats would not chew onto. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. these animals, you know, they like to chew into everything that they have on their way. 
so I made those little outfits and the show was a hit. I mean, we had people, media attending and making videos. One of them, Nikki Mostaki, which is uh, a book mm-hmm. author and, and a strong advocate in the pet community. Yep. She came and did an interview and it went viral like in a couple of days. Didn't you also and go on the Letterman show? Well, thanks to that video, because it went viral, I received an invitation from the David Letterman show to attend, and they wanted me to bring rats to the show. Yes. Because what people know, I mean, throughout the years, everybody can see that he was always joking about rats, but people didn't know that he's actually afraid of them. (laughs) I was going to ask you, how did he do with the rat? Well, he, I would say that we both did very well, <laughs> considering <laughs> it was my first time in a big show, and I was nervous, especially bringing rats, <laughs> and he conquered his fear, because at the end of that episode, I asked him to pick up one of the rats, and he hesitated at the beginning, but then he decided to go for it, and he did. That's it's amazing. a few seconds where he holds the rat, but he conquers his fears. That's fantastic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And the funny thing, I'm sorry, the funny thing, just to say, when he said rat, the audience just went like in blank. They didn't know what to do. They just stayed shocked. And the moment they saw the rat, everybody was like scared. But immediately, as I put on the first little faded dress into one of the rats, everybody went Oh, and everybody in the audience loved the little creatures. Yeah, yeah, it was, they do It was look one adorable. of the most memorable. They look yes, adorable. it was very and memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see a piece of Ada's rat fashion also on the Pet Life Radio site on the Bark and Swagger page. Ada, you are always so busy. You were telling me when we spoke the other day about the events that you have coming up, which sound really fun. Tell us about the Pink Dog Frankie event. Tell us about who Pink Dog Frankie is and why he's having this big event to help rescues. Well, Pink Pink Dog Frankie is a very popular Maltese that is what else but pink color. (laughs) His mommy, (laughs) yeah, his mommy is uh, Gina Agnello. She's an ex-groomer, and then she's very creative, and she has a very fun personality, and she decided that her dog would look better in pink. So she does the color, the creative grooming, how it's correctly called, creative grooming herself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. using natural ingredients. I think it's beet juice to make the doggy pink. And then she wants to celebrate his birthday and decided to do an event that is going to happen on July 29 at the Gangster Board Hotel on Park Avenue here in New York City at the top floor in the beautiful settings of a pool and bar. And it's just looking towards the city at night. It's just stunning. Wow. Um, I believe the event is to raise, you know, portions of this event are going to raise funds for an organization that is a favorite of, of Gina. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a lot of celebrities from, I believe some people from MTV are coming from some TV reality shows. There's, she's going to have like three groups singing 
as entertainment. Gina, I believe, is the niece of Victoria Gary, who had yes, a reality yes. show, and she's a book <laughs> author, and, and she has so many accomplishments on, on her name. If things play well for her on that night, there's a possibility that she will also attend. And then, you know, it's going to be a great, it's going to be doing. just a lot of fun. You're, what are you doing? You're going to be doing well, what for King Talk Frankie? What else do I do than dress up an animal? <laughs> <laughs> you are well, going to be and then, you know, Frankie's stylist. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I am Frankly's pet designer for that night. Um, I mean, I have the honor to be asked to do that. And again, it's going to be a very challenging one because I cannot take the pink away from Frankie. You know, he has to show his true colors and mm-hmm. and show who he is. So um, it's going to be interesting on how, you know, probably accessorize him a little bit to give him that extra spunk for the night to make him look extra special for everybody just to go and see him and have fun. Wonderful. You also mentioned to me that the Algonquin Hotel's Matilda event celebrating their famous cat, Matilda, that they've been celebrating since the 1930s. I think Matilda's been there, you'd mentioned. Tell us what you're doing for that event. Yes, yes. Well, the Algonquin Hotel got their first cat in the 1930s. And for the last probably 12 years, they've been doing an event to help raise funds for organizations. It all started for North Shore Animal League. It has changed throughout the years. Um, This year, if things are playwright, you know, again, we're very lucky to have involved the Majors Alliance because we want all the tickets to go to this organization, which is one of my favorites in the city, the Majors Alliance for New York City Animals. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's going to be my second year as their cat fashion designer. <laughs> um, something that I started after acquiring my own cat, which opened my eyes to the cat community or the feline community a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I am just not only intrigued, but fascinated with because cats need, even though it might seem that any dog outfit can fit any cat, there are certain structures and capabilities that the cat do that the outfit needs to be able to, how can I say, to go with them and be flexible as the cats are so it doesn't interrupt the lifestyle, let's say. Yeah, I would imagine cats have their own kind of walk, you know, the way their body moves. Well, not only that, you have to think, yeah, well, not only that, it's just because remember that, you know, dogs are always on the floor. Cats like to jump on things and are Mm -hmm. more active and they're always climbing. And when they're wearing an outfit, they need to have the flexibility from the outfit. Imagine, just like a cat collar, they need to have that elastic. Mm-hmm. So in case they hang themselves in something, they're able to escape and they won't, you know, hurt themselves. You have to figure out also how to create cat outfits that if the animal is left, let's say the owner forgets and it's left a second on its own, the animal will be able, you know, to be okay and not harm themselves. Makes I'm always thinking about sense. that. Yeah. And then again, you know, on last year we had a theme. And it was about the Albert Queen Hotel's roundtable, which is about different authors that used to get together there to mingle and socialize and talk about the events, you know, in the city and, and their work for many years. So they're very well known for that and it's very famous. But this year we have decided to do it about Broadway's Matilda, the show. 
Oh, fantastic. And because then Matilda's the cat, so we'll have, you know, Matilda the Broadway show, and that's going to be the theme and the inspiration for this year's outfits in there. Um, that sounds great. The, in the hotel, they're planning to use two floors. So on the second floor, the cats will be modeling for uh, the pleasure of guests and media to see, but for the guests of the hotel and the people in the lobby with Motorola, I believe, is joining us, and then they're going to be having like a big screen where you're going to be able to see everything that is going on the second floor on the first floor. So that gives us more space capacity so mm-hmm. more people can come buy tickets and the more tickets we sell, the more money that we can send to the Mayor's Alliance of New York City. <laughs> Which is a wonderful organization. Ada, we are out of time, unfortunately, because I love talking with you. I do <laughs> want to say that for anybody interested in going to the Pink Dog Frankie event, I think you can find yes. that on Facebook, right? And you can get tickets yes. through the Pink Dog Frankie mm-hmm. Facebook page. And what about or for they the can Algonquin go to my Hotel? Too. That's also going to be at the Algonquin Hotel website or on Facebook too. Yes. Okay, great. Ada, thank mm-hmm. you so much for being my first guest. You were a wonderful guest, as I knew you would be. Very interesting information. I also want to thank our producers for making this show possible. And Ada, you have all the information about what you do on adanieves.com, yes? Yes, yes. And yes. that's A-D-A-N like Nancy, I-E, V like Victor, E-S.com. And... For more information on pet fashion and more, you can also visit BarkAndSwagger.com. So until next time, it's Jody Miller-Young reminding you for fierce fashion, bark and swagger. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.